Hey everyone, just a reminder that we are recording remotely while we're quarantined, uh, so the sound might be slightly compromised, but hopefully not too bad. Enjoy! Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we'll vent about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. (laughs) And just a little reminder, if you're enjoying us or if you just love liking things on the internet, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, feel free to give us a like and a follow. Tell your friends about us if you think they'd enjoy. And always feel free to reach out if you have opinions or comments, and we're happy to respond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trump has COVID, but we're going to talk about other stuff first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really been a... Another jam-packed week in 2020. <laughs> so jam-packed. And it's current. It's around 4 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday, uh, October 6th. So if, like, who knows what will happen in, like, the 12 hours before it's posted. But I know. Because I keep refreshing Twitter. One of the things that I've, I specifically am just feeling like the shoe is going to drop on this is, like, will Bill Barr have COVID because he was like all up in Kellyanne's grill and he was at mm-hmm. the super spreader event, which we'll get into, but yeah. just to know what I've been doing aggressively. And also Rudy Giuliani was on Fox last night and like kind of said that Bill Barr had COVID, but then misspoke. he said he misspoke. It's like a lot of misspeaking <laughs> from these people involved. It's, it's bonkers. Yeah. It's bonkers how that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that too. I was curious when Kaylee uh, McEnany was going to get it and then that happened. Because... <laughs> um, Oh my god, what a clusterfuck! But yeah, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into it. <laughs> we'll be the bulk of our episode. We're gonna go over the timeline and just talk about various things, like Doctor Conley, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Doctor, uh, Charlatan. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Before we get into that, and before we, uh, we'll have a we'll briefly just kind of run through our, some thoughts on the, um, <laughs> the debate first debate, which feels like a hundred years ago. I think it was a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and someone pointed out that the president's, the t- story about his taxes was released like just a week ago yesterday. And that is baffling to me. Um, yeah. Time doesn't really feel like it exists in a real way anymore for so many reasons. Like you take the pandemic and then you add in (laughs) the complete chaos and disarray in in government. And it just sort of feels like we're all just floating around in these little bubbles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just trying our best. Trying Um, our best. I did want to take a minute to just say like a massive eye roll slash fuck you um, to Democratic Senate candidate Cal Cunningham Uh. of North Carolina. Come on, man. Uh, I mean, he's probably, as we, I briefly told you before we started, I feel like he's benefiting from 
Trump having COVID, this whole st- the story, uh, so that he's not getting as much national attention, but he is in one of the most winnable Senate races, and we need the Senate to flip. That like needs to happen. He's running against Tom Tills, um, who has COVID <laughs> and is on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, and people don't really like him. Like he didn't really he didn't, last his last Senate race, he only won by like a half a percentage point or something. And Cal Cunningham is running as a family man and like an Iraq war veteran and Mr. Family Guy. But it turns out, and he's married with two children, and it turns out that he now, like, there have been screenshots released of him sending these texts, these like romantic texts, which also like, I have, I take issue with that. All these journalists are calling them romantic texts because just because they're not like hardcore sexts, but it's like, mm. they're, are they romantic or are they just like, oh, anyway, they're sad. They're sad is what they are. But um, anyway, he admitted to sending these these texts to a public relations strategist in California. Um, and he has said that he's disappointed his family and friends and he's deeply sorry, which I think is good because it's like, okay, just say, you know, admit to it, then we can move on from this and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, a lot of early voting has already happened in North Carolina and is happening. And hopefully there are enough people who are just like, ah, fuck you, but you're the only choice. So, okay. Um, so it's frustrating. He had a six percentage point lead over Tom Tillis and now like god knows what what his fucking gross sickly sweet i'm using quotations around sweet like these texts what 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 will happen as a result of this but it's just deeply deeply disappointing and it's it's it feels so typical and it's such a self-own it's like how were you so careless so close to such a critical election and also your career i mean it's so disrespectful to your family of course but like how could you be that careless? Fuck you. Very frustrating. Very disappointing. If we, if we don't win the Senate majority because you lose in a close race in North Carolina. Oh boy. (laughs) It's like, can you just stop yourself from sending quote unquote romantic texts while while you're married in a monogamous relationship and uh, you know, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's not even like he, you know, Ugh, it's just like it's not like he was gripped with like um some sort of like uncontrollable just arousal i mean he it, it's like i want to kiss you it's just like what okay i mean you're sad 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 <laughs> sad sad, sad. <laughs> it's, it's just such a theme with these these white men out there doing this shit like yeah. it does it, it the stakes are too high. Like you need to be on your bet. Like you should always be on your best behavior. And if you've made a commitment to your wife to be monogamous, you should be. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we should judge people's character based on whether they keep their word or not. Um, But also like, as you mentioned, it's the stakes are too fucking high in this election to be fucking around and sending texts like this out. Like, it's just, it's so careless and stupid. Yeah. Like I'm tired of these like prepubescent boys who, in office <laughs> yeah Ugh. deal with it <laughs> yeah so just a quick, little... quick shout out to him <laughs> yeah a quick little like pre we see you <laughs> yeah <laughs> just to warm it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well if we see you foreplay uh. yeah Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> have i become what we just spoke against <laughs> what's happening <laughs> 
<laughs> walls. Um, oh. Yeah, we had a debate, I guess, uh, last week. Yeah. Oh. Um, which was just, I mean, such a, a shit show. And I think everyone at this point knows it was Donald Trump constantly interrupting Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um Chris Wallace trying to be the parent in the room. Um, I I mean, everyone's shitting on him. I mean, he didn't do a great job of controlling (laughs) Trump, but like who would have? Who can? Yeah, no one has. Yeah, like four years. Yeah, who in that situation would have been able to? I don't know. Um, But it really got in the way of a substantive debate, uh, which was maybe his plan. There are also people thinking that um, because Joe Biden has a stutter and the ways to trip up people with stutters are by interrupting and personal attacks, that that was Trump's tactic, was to specifically bring out his stutter to make him seem like he wasn't equipped for the job, which is evil. And again, I don't know if that's what happened because Trump also tends to interrupt people and um, insult them regardless. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Anytime people are like acting as if he's this like big strategic, you know, brilliant man, I'm like, I think he's just like a a stupid bully. Yeah. Um, But regardless of his intent, it was just, uh, it was, it was ridiculous. And he was saying a bunch of shit that wasn't true. And it was, Mm. yeah, hardly, hardly debate at all. And um, I don't know if, I can't wait for Kamala to, wipe the floor with Mike Pence and I don't know if (laughs) yeah the next debate I don't uh, imagine Trump would be there in person and he said he won't do a video one so I mean Trump said uh, though earlier he tweeted that he'll be like ready for the October 15th debate which is like you like medically with like when you're on steroids it prolongs how long you're contagious with fucking covid so it's like the normal contagious period like the longest recorded i think it was like 32 days or something um mm-hmm. so i just don't I, I imagine that's him believing it yeah um but also being like well i said i do it and they won't let me do it yeah who knows? But God. please, Joe Biden, don't stand next. And then, of course, it's like, oh, Joe's weak because he's not there. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I cannot predict what will happen at that point, but I'm curious to see, certainly. Oh, um, I do have a very interesting... It's like, oh, Maria, use a, use a term that's something. Um, Stephen Miller apparently has tested positive for COVID. <laughs> That is interesting. I was what that was a name I was wondering about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As well, <laughs> um, he's a shitty person. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, I have not wished for anyone's death in all of this. It's and I. I I tend to even not want people to suffer, even if I hate them. It's like, I see it. And then I'm like, ah, human instinct. I don't don't want that. But like, it's, I think the reason why it's so kind of morally difficult right now for people like me and maybe people like us Mm -hmm. is when someone like Stephen Miller or Donald Trump has just behaved so blatantly, like selfishly, narcissistically, evilly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when specifically Donald Trump specifically, like 
when you have downplayed this fucking thing and then you get it, it's just sort of like, well, that's kind of what happens, you know, Mm -hmm. like I can't feel too bad. I mean, yeah. Wow. Stephen Miller's got it. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Yep. Sorry to derail. That is, that is interesting. It's interesting. It's the only only word we could use because I think (laughs) neither of us want to be shitty karmically imbalanced people and just say fuck him. But, um, yeah, he's a bad dude. I don't think he's in any risk groups. Um, who knows? Uh, I'm worried about Chris Christie genuinely he's I've yeah. heard from him on I mean I can check but I don't think he's tweeted since I don't think so went to the hospital um yeah which is, like there's he's a shitty person in a lot of ways but like there's a sadness to him yeah I feel like he's bent over backwards for Trump for so long and never gotten any sort of <laughs> real validation from him so the idea of him like getting really really sick or even dying from this because yeah. it's just like there's something tragic about that um, yeah but he's you know he's also he's done awful things but like it just feels like trying to get daddy's approval yeah and getting, like there's just ugh, that, for some reason that one just ugh. yeah it's uh i know i i totally agree i i feel like that one's sadder for uh, different layers of yeah. reasons and can people stop with like calling him fat on twitter and like making fun of him and his weight it's like i don't yeah like can we just attack people for the content of their character right which there's plenty to do for all of these people yeah we don't Mm. need to resort to like fat phobic shit yeah yeah no yeah yeah that one i was just like oh oh buddy um yeah no i guess to you know in this in the grand scheme of things like the first debate will only was only historic in the sense that it was historically probably the worst, least substantive, most unpleasant, and least coherent debate on record in mm-hmm. history. And it was embarrassing on an international scale. People were like uh, watching the reactions from the world stage, you know, people s- talking about it. And at the end of the debate, George Stephanopoulos just being like, that was you know, I, I can easily say the worst, like most, I don't know if he used the word disgraceful, but it, you know, just generally it was a really awful low point in yeah. what feels like an American political system where low points are happening every day. So it's hard to really yeah. know. No, it's like you keep digging deeper and finding new low points. Um, and I mean, Biden had some, when he could talk, he had, he had some good things to say and a, a few good retorts and stuff, but it's like, there wasn't really an allowance for him to speak much. And then Trump was just screaming. It was just, I, yeah, I would agree. It was the worst debate I've ever watched. I think, I mean, it wasn't boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So by Trump standards, good TV. Yeah, it was great TV reality star, but um, it was an abomination. um, So. And it it was, you know, it was interesting. I, (laughs) I think I, you know, I forget at this point if we talked about this or who I was, who this conversation was being had with. Who is she? Everything is remote. (laughs) Everything is on the phone. Um, I really, I mean, as if I needed another reason to have like more respect for Hillary Clinton, you just realize, because I think that she, 
her debates with Trump were were bad um, <laughs> in different ways. And just because he hated her, he and she let him just attack her and get under her like her presence got under his skin. So he was yeah. already so vicious and upset that he even had to be like next to her debating mm-hmm. that that she rattled him just by virtue of who she was. And Biden got let Trump get under his skin a few times and like couldn't resist. And I noticed this because I went to because I'm a sucker for pain, I guess. I went to Megan Kelly's uh, Twitter feed to see what she was saying. Turn back. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, great. Um, and she was doing kind of exactly what I expected from based on what, what Biden, you know, he would make a good point and then he would kind of like sneak an insult in or like a personal attack, which is totally understandable and human based on like who he's attacking and why, but, or who his opponent is. But, you know, Megyn Kelly was like, mm, ooh, undermines the good point he just made by making a personal attack. And I just thought, you know, if for like, Hillary, like barely, she had, that woman had so much fucking self-control and grace in the under pressure with the mm-hmm. orange man. And I just want to acknowledge like four years later, she just, she looks, she's looking better and better by the second. Yeah. I mean, she handled everything well. And it's like, and it's also interesting because it's like people who, you know, might still be undecided, which also like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? How are you undecided at this point? If you are, please vote for Biden. I really don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. But for people who are undecided, I think they unfortunately like, like that maybe coming from Biden and wouldn't like it from Hillary because she's a woman, you know, mm-hmm. it's like he can not, I mean, Megan Kelly had something to say about it, even though it's like, what are you supporting Trump? Who said that shit all the time? Right. People might say something about it, but I feel like the narrative of Hillary had come back had told him to shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh, with oh, Joe Biden, it gets put on T-shirts. If Hillary had said that, it's like, oh, woman's out of control. Is she on? Is she in menopause? Is she still on her period somehow? Like, yeah. it would have been just the end all for her to have done that. So it's like people love it when Joe does it. And if Hillary had done the same thing, it would have been a no go. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, and it's, I mean, yeah, there is some sort of, there's a bit of a cathartic feeling when you hear someone tell Donald Trump to shut up because it's like, we all want that. We all want him to shut up. We all all want that. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's just, I think that's a great point. It's just like a kind of a glaring reminder of the double standards um, we face. And yeah, we still haven't had a woman president. We'll see what happens uh, in the future, maybe. Kamala Harris will be the first one in around four years. Who knows? But yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely God. It's like the standards because I and it's like me thinking Biden did well and Biden like kind of even growing on me that night mm-hmm. came from my low fucking standards. Yeah, for him, you know. And it's and Hillary always had high standards and she always killed it in a debate. If you're looking at substance, mm-hmm. um, but of course. She was a woman and, you know, the media had already created a narrative about her. And, and I don't mm-hmm. mean like the fake news media. I mean, the media over years and people and this, this sort of whole machine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, there are definitely a lot of moments where I was like, I wish Elizabeth Warren was here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I'm enthusiastically will vote for, for Biden and it, it's not even a question of, uh, you know, Trump or Biden or if yeah. they're 
both equally bad. No, Biden's a million times better. Right. Um, but it is just imagining the things Warren would have said and, and done and just what she could have somehow, uh, she would have killed it. But She would have killed it. Oh, whatever. I'll save it for my dreams. Oh, no. Ugh. Uh, all right. Should we dive into um, Trump COVID life? Yeah. My God. All right. So buckle up. Buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> uh, um, so I think I'll quickly, we'll quickly kind of go through the timeline from Wednesday to now, and then we're going to kind of dive deeper on some things because it mm-hmm. just, you know, seems to make more sense to kind of give a quick overview mm-hmm. of when things, because so much has happened. And, uh, yeah. Um, so Wednesday, um, less than a week ago from recording, Wednesday, um, September 30th, uh, Hope Hicks was symptomatic of COVID. Um and on that day where she had been, she flew back, um, I believe privately on a jet. Was that Wednesday or Thursday? And then Trump Thank was, you. yeah, but Trump was with her that day. And he also was in a Minnesota for a rally and fundraiser. Thursday, Hope Hicks tests positive. Trump knows this. Trump goes to a fundraiser in New Jersey. Um with lots and lots of fucking people, yep. <laughs> including indoor spaces. Uh, not Most people not wearing masks. Um, and then Thursday night is the first known Trump positive test. And of course, Tuesday night was the debate and he got there too late to be tested and they will not tell us his last negative test. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have that on the timeline because we don't fucking know. So Thursday night was the first known Trump positive. He hadn't released it yet. Friday early morning, like 1 a.m., he tweets that him and Melania are COVID positive. Um, and then that day was a goddamn whirlwind. Sorry, pardon <laughs> Pardon that. Uh, <laughs> first, they say he has mild symptoms, and then he's got a high fever. They, we find out he was given this experimental treatment, a uh, polyclonal antibody cocktail, um, which is basically like synthetic versions of the antibodies that our immune system makes to fight off infection. So he gets this. No one, like, no one's getting this. No one's mm-hmm. getting this. Um, at some point during that day, his O2, his oxygen level dropped to the, to the extent that it required supplemental oxygen, which, which is generally those little nasal cannula, those tubes you see in people's noses where they're getting oxygen directly into, into their bodies. Um, and he had his first course of remdesivir, um, which is a five-day course. You're supposed to take them all in the hospital. That was Friday, day one. It is less than five days from there. He's no longer in the hospital. That is an antiviral drug. Uh, Saturday, another O2 drop at some point. Dr. Conley in the morning said he's fever-free and not currently on oxygen. Probably literally timed it to the minute when he mm. would say that. <laughs> yeah. um, at some point that day, another O2 drop happened, more oxygen given. Um, and that was the day that, uh, that Meadows came out saying that his vitals, Trump's vitals over the last 24 hours are very concerning and the next 48 hours be critical. Um, Trump hated that. <laughs> and that the same day he was started on dexamethasone, uh, which is a steroid that is four times more potent than prednisone, which is a common steroid and linked with all we'll talk about dexamethasone. Um, mm. And then Sunday, Dr. Conley has another cute little briefing, said, when it talks specifics of the lung scan, said there are expected findings, seemingly expected of a COVID patient, which is not normal expected findings and could 
you know, everything's kind of starting to point to pneumonia, some serious lung damage. Um, he said that his oxygen had, had increased, that he's has no fever and that he's not on fever reducing meds. However, dexamethasone does reduce fever, which is a very strong medication. I just mentioned that he was on. Um, that was also the beautiful day in which Trump decided to go on a joyride in his fucking car, putting uh, Secret Service at risk um, because, granted, they were in PPE, but they're in a confined space and the car that he was in is specifically sealed to prevent like chemical attacks, stuff like that from coming in, which mm-hmm. makes it incredibly um, conducive to spreading uh, viruses because it's basically the perfect environment. It's you're trapped, you're trapped in there more than even a normal car. Oh my God. Um, and then of course, Monday, 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 Trump said he was going to be leaving at 6.30 PM, that he's feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. Mm. Um, that he's felt better than he did in 20 years, which again, steroids. I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, of that. And then he also said POTUS that the president had not been on fever reducing medications for 72 hours now, again, still on steroids. Um, and then Dr. Conley said, though he may not be entirely out of the woods yet, the team and I agree all of our evaluations and most importantly, his clinical status support the president's safe return home where he'll be surrounded by world-class medical care 24 seven. Um, and to even have this doctor admitting that he's not out of the woods is pretty big for how much this guy's been lying. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked about results of lung scans and things like that, Dr. Conley was hiding behind HIPAA laws, mm. but he was offering other information that made the president, oh, the president's Trump's yeah. condition look favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, he's just kind of cherry picking these things, which legally, if, if he was legally restricted, what would have happened would have been Trump would have told him, this is what you can say, this is what you can't say. So he was probably allowed to say the things that made his health look good and not allowed to say, um, you know, the other stuff, which is pretty important in learning about the clinical picture of someone with a disease like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jim Acosta said that According to their sources, Trump was likely instructing Conley what to disclose and not to disclose. Um, and then when he got to the White House, I'm sure everyone saw the video where he was, not, not the video he posted, which my husband thinks is a deep fake. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he's like, you got to talk about this. He's like, there's this microphone, there's a whole thing. I don't know the audio and the technical shit about that, but he thinks oh. it was heavily edited. Um, mm. But he was clearly short of breath. He was using the way he moves his shoulders, the way he was breathing. And it's typical classic when someone is desperate for air, they, they use their accessory muscles, not their main breathing muscles to try and get this breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it was clear as day. He also looked kind of scared, mm-hmm. um, but it was clear as day. He was struggling for breath. And then um, today, come fucking Trump compares it to the flu. That gets taken down from social media for being inaccurate. And Dr. fucking Conley comes out. Vital signs and physical exam remain stable. What does stable mean to you? With an ambulatory oxygen saturation of 95 to 97%. Ambulatory is when you're doing some level of walking. If you're exerting yourself 
to an extreme amount, your, your oxygen level will go down. But if you're just walking a bit, it tends to go up from when you're reclined or when you're sleeping. So it's, he's giving the best possible measure. He didn't mention, mention anything about um, his lowest reading in the last 12 hours, what his O2 level has been when he's not moving. He hasn't mentioned anything about lung scans. He won't share them. He won't mention the arterial blood gas, which is a more accurate measure of how well someone's oxygenating than the pulse oximeter, because it also takes into account carbon dioxide. Anyway, it all ends with Trump saying he's instructed aides to stop negotiating on a coronavirus aid plan until after the election. So mm-hmm. that is the quickest I could go through that timeline. <laughs> oh, no, it was good. It was good. It was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that you ended with that key thing of like, he decided he pulled the plug on negotiations that Pelosi and Mnuchin have been like really working on. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just like such a, an obviously political move and like, what are you doing? And yeah, this wasn't even mentioning all of the tweets throughout (laughs) that Trump's been doing. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been insane, and it's just he hasn't learned anything. No, um, no. it's definitely a big takeaway. He hasn't learned fucking anything. Uh, <laughs> no, from this continues to downplay it. Says he thinks he's immune from it. Um, and yeah, and then it's yeah. Doctor Conley today said that he that Trump reports no symptoms, which is very and then yeah, and offered us these other things. So it's like that's not. He said he was feeling great yesterday, and we saw him gasping for air. He said he felt 20 years younger when he was on a steroid that makes you feel invincible for several days before you crash. Um, it's it's insanity. Yeah. I saw one one doctor on Twitter said, like, the steroids will make you feel so good you walk yourself right into the morgue, which was uh, yeah. kind of a chilling way to put it. Um I I think it's just ridiculous. It's interesting, uh, notable. I don't know what word you want to use that um, this experience with COVID, which by the way, he's in the middle of, and it's, it, it's made him, it's, it, it hasn't made him a shred more empathetic. It hasn't mm-hmm. made him more thoughtful in any way or circumspect about his treatment of the virus um, in the last nine months and how we compare to other countries. Um, He hasn't spoken about anyone except himself. He hasn't spoken Mm -hmm. about, we've lost 210,000 people in the country. And I think what 7 million people infected that we even know about. Um, And instead he says, don't let it get you down. Don't let it dominate your life, which is so disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, someone said on Twitter, the precise reason we're in this situation is because enough people believe him and don't let it dominate their life. And that's why we are in a permanent state of, of high levels of, of death and infection. Um, it's, and he, the, all he does, all he ever wants to do is appear like a strong man, this authoritative presence. Um, the videos that he's putting out and the tweets, like they have this strong man like aura about them. Um, and I did see some, like this long tweet thread that someone was talking about in terms of like a, a, a fascistic state. And again, very interesting to do reading about like how we end up in how, 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 um, 
fascism happens. And, but uh, one way, which I hadn't even, it hadn't really occurred to me is that you, the bullying of doctors into essentially just complying with Mm -hmm. like what you want to hear, which is what we've seen with Dr. Connolly and the way that he's just like used words to mean kind of, he's, he's been so dodgy. So dodgy. I mean, you can, you can shoot, you can see him in real time picking his words so that he's not, in some cases, not technically lying, although he's had to correct himself. And in his first correction, he misspelled the fucking drug he was on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And I'm, this is the same doctor that agreed to Trump taking a hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, had no basis in reality and, I just, uh, this fucking, this fucking dude, like there's, I have nothing against, um, DOs, doctors of osteopathy. Like they, they can be experts in their field. They go through the same amount of years of training as MDs. They have different focuses. He is not an infectious disease expert. He has never held a position that makes him qualified for this one. He is just, uh, like the, the joke that I saw that I told you about earlier, it's like Trump went to central. I saw this on Twitter, not my own joke. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Trump went to central casting and picked out like Dr. Man. Yeah. Like he's just taught, like he looks like, Ted Cruz and Ken Shapiro. Who's the... Oh, Ben Shapiro. Ken, oh, Ken Marino. No, Ken Marino. Yeah, okay. actor. It's like they had a, a child and that is Dr. Conley. Um, yeah. But he's just been cherry picking left and right. It's just like every time he speaks or releases information, I am so angry because he is so clearly trying to give people that don't understand these things enough so that they think Trump's doing well, but like people aren't that stupid. Um, and it's obvious, like if you watch the video of him, what I mentioned of him breathing, um, when he got back to the white house and he is struggling, struggling, struggling for breath and having that shortness of breath while on one of the most powerful steroids there is, which steroids reduce inflammation. They're, they're supposed to make you breathe easier. And they're also only indicated in critically ill COVID patients. They're, they don't help in mild to moderate cases. So it's like, you don't throw the kitchen sink at someone who's not critically ill. It does more harm than good. So it's like all of the data is telling us Trump is sicker than he says he is. And then you have Dr. Conley out there pretending to be like, to be speaking the truth to the American people. But it's just all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Like I believe that some of the things he says are true. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he had at some point today while walking, Trump had a O2 reading of 95%. That is not even close to providing clinical picture. It's a good number it's a, for someone with COVID, but it's not providing the full picture of where he's at, the damage he's... I mean, Herman Cain um, yep. said he was doing great and, and then three days later died, you know? Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And all these people out there saying, like, oh, he beat COVID. Like, that's not how this disease works. You have you have people walking and talking and then they die two days later. Like this is not how any of this works. Um, I am a nurse. I'm an RN. I'm not practicing right now. (laughs) I'm not working with COVID patients disclaimer, but it's just, I mean, just looking at him, he looks like all the patients I had with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is you're gasping for air. You're laboring for breath. He's, 
he's so clearly not well and we're so clearly not getting all the information we that makes a complete cohesive picture and mm-hmm. he could come out of this fine i mean probably with lasting damage but he also could fucking die from this and mm-hmm. we just have no i mean claudia conway's out there on tiktok but like we don't have any yeah. real access to information and it is a you know it's a public health crisis and he's going back to the white house with his staff who now have to wear PPE because he's a baby who won't stay in the hospital. Like it's just Mm -hmm. so many people behaving irresponsibly on his behalf. And I think that's, that's always something that that doesn't get less disappointing and surprising. Like as much as we've adjusted our expectations with this, um, administration and with this Senate uh, and with everyone that he surrounds himself with. um, I think because we were brought up to believe that the, you know, people are generally good in government and like that, you know, even no matter what side you're on, you're generally acting in good faith and, Mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah about the integrity of institutions. Uh, That's been widely exposed as a farce in terms of Trump and the people that he's chosen to surround himself mm-hmm. with. And, and, um, it didn't, it, it's very scary because we're seeing, we're seeing how institutions get slowly picked away and pulled apart because they've been, they, they're gradually undermined. And then, um, there's a fomenting of chaos and, there are cowardly people who don't have any shame and are are only in positions so that they can be supplicants to mm-hmm. the person in charge. And um, that is all that's acceptable for Trump. I just finished the, the Comey rule on Showtime. I don't know why I did that to myself, but um, <laughs> like I, I, that it reminded me that four years ago, the people, a lot of people in the FBI and the DOJ were, um, funnily enough, like it seemed, or at least it was portrayed this way, like just, just as naive as the rest of us, if not more naive, because there's some sort of gravitas that generally happens when you are actually working with intelligence agencies. And when you have this, this great power, you actually assume some sort of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sobering. And um, that never happened with Trump or the people around him. Um, he, he, you know, he just keeps cutting people out and then adding weaker, less qualified, pe- you know, people with less expertise and less credibility mm-hmm. um, and less backbone. And so now we're in this just bizarre situation where it's a clown car. The people that are around him and making these decisions and lying to us like people have been like the funny thing the irony and i think this was pointed out by ben rhodes um former obama advisor in foreign policy i think um i think he said this today where he was talking about how you know covid is one of those things that that there's actual fear that is actually reasonable that people should fear the coronavirus and should behave Mm -hmm. as if this is a serious threat (laughs) a serious public health threat and Instead of that, you know, Trump is has, is telling us it isn't a threat. Don't worry about it. While promoting all these other things that are actually not threats. You know, there's mm-hmm. a threat of oh, illegal immigrants and, and MS-15 or whatever. And like 
the threat of um, like the liberal media and Antifa and they're just, and like, you know, fomenting race violence was by saying like suburban housewives, nothing is safe, you know, like they, they're constantly like the Republican platform has been built on fear for a long time, Mm -hmm. but there's just this irony to like what they choose to focus on in terms of fear. And then when there actually are public health crises where people actually should be um, informed that this is scary and that there's, they should be taking it seriously. He's recklessly out there infecting people. The white house is a, is a hotspot. It's a cluster right now. Yeah. It's the fact, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, and these people that it's like Trump, obviously and clearly exists to serve himself. Mm -hmm. Um, The people around him are also power hungry and it's like, they're all, it's, it's so, so depressing that just all of these people craving power, whatever that fucking even means, craving power and money that matters more to these individual human beings that make up this administration than human lives it's it's disgusting um and it's just so much like everyone is just babying him so much and letting him feel like the big boy and go Mm -hmm. on his car ride and have his 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 fucking photo shoot um from walter reed timestamp 10 minutes apart from two different rooms with the same blank like he was signing a blank piece of paper with a sharpie and like had the same binders and folders in both rooms like just so clearly staged Mm -hmm. um and then having one thing, one little tidbit, um, I think this was Monday, was the when Vanity Fair published that Don Jr. thought that Trump, that Donald was acting crazy and wanted to have yeah. an intervention. And he wanted to have an intervention. I'm like, oh my God, am I agreeing with Don Jr. on something? And um, and apparently Donald Trump's father, Fred Sr., has his Alzheimer's worsened because he said, you know, you have to, you got to work. You have to work all the time, work every day. Um, so they created this system where Fred Sr. would think he was still running the Trump organization and they would give him blank papers to sort through and sign and gave him a phone with access to only his one secretary. And he just lived his life that way. And it's just like kind of chilling. It's like, why are we what is happening? Why are we right. doing this? Like, why is there, why isn't there somebody like speaking truth? And I was surprised that like Meadows kind of did for a minute there and then kind of went back to it. But like, there's not, where's, where's the reality? Where's the truth? How are, you know, is it going to be something where after the fact, we're going to find out all the information. Um, mm-hmm. And why isn't there, why aren't there more people with, you know, backbones and to believe more in good for, you know, in, in doing what's right for the masses versus doing what's right for one. I mean, if his experience in the hospital with COVID and what he's saying and his narrative around COVID now says anything to us, it's that it just cements the fact that he is beyond the point of like learning these things about like being a person about beyond learning empathy beyond like he he is probably like diagnosable narcissistic to the degree maybe a sociopath where he cannot care about other people Mm -hmm. like it's just if this didn't do it 
and I don't know why people thought it would, but if this didn't do it, like nothing will. He yeah. doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't care. He keeps putting people's lives in danger. He's, um, doesn't even have like, I mean, there was that moment when John McCain was um, ill and kind of in his last year in the Senate where he suddenly sort of started to understand the importance of the ACA and the importance of sort of having, uh, you know, other people having access to healthcare, mm-hmm. not necessarily dependent on their job. So he made that famous vote that was the deciding one um, mm-hmm. to not kill the ACA a couple of years ago. Um Right now, Trump's major policy priority is to shove through the Supreme Court nomination of a woman who is going to then be hearing in late October, I mean, in late November, she would be another vote um, when this this ACA uh, case comes up in front of the court, and we know how she will vote. So his only priority before Mm -hmm. the election isn't to pass another stimulus stimulus bill, bill to help Americans, even cynically to help his base. You know, he doesn't care. He only cares about this, getting this woman onto the Supreme Court against, um, by the way, it's like 70% of the public uh, want a stimulus bill before they want um, Amy Conan Barrett to be, have a nomination hearing. Two people, two Republican senators are on the Judiciary Committee, have COVID right now. So they (laughs) can't even like safely convene but you know Lindsey Graham says it's gonna it's gonna happen and I forget if they've said it's gonna happen remotely and that's the way it's gonna go but it's it's uh it's just in such bad faith and as we speak I mean every there's there are new cases of COVID within the administration and and um you know just just surrounding the orbit of the Mm -hmm. White House I mean we just learned about Stephen Miller literally like 10 minutes ago but Mm -hmm. I think, like, just for a reminder that at this moment on October 6th, we are, the outbreak is Donald Trump, it's Melania, Hope Hicks, his advisor, Stephen Miller, um, the Nicholas Luna, the assistant to the president, Kaylee McEnany, press secretary, Caroline Levitt, assistant press secretary, Chad Gilmartin, assistant press secretary, Harrison Fields, assistant press secretary, Jalen Drummond, um, assistant press secretary. And then that's just in the specific, the White House staff. And then there are um, two White House um, like staff housekeepers, I think, that have also mm-hmm. tested positive. Yeah. Today, a military valet as well. <laughs> Today, a military valet. Also, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff um, mm-hmm. is quarantining because he was exposed. Um, we have Mike Lee, the senator from Utah, Tom Tills, the senator of North, from North Carolina, Ron Johnson had it, um, the, the senator from Wisconsin had it earlier, the RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, the U.S. Coast Guard Admiral, Charles Ray, campaign manager, Bill Stepien, Kellyanne Conway, now her daughter also, uh, John Jenkins, the Notre Dame president who was there without a mask at the super spreader event, ironically, this Amy Conan Barrett uh, oh. event. Um a pa- pastor, Craig Laurie, Michael Shear, the a New York Times correspondent, Al Drago, the a, a photojournalist, two um, another White House journalist that they're not naming, um, and Chris Christie. Um, and we're still waiting on like actually Rudy Giuliani said he was going to let us know his test today, and Bill Barr, who has was also very close with Kellyanne Conway. I mean, there are a lot of other people that, and people like, I was just checking and the Stephen Miller, he received, he had negative tests the last four days. So same Mm -hmm. with like all the other Trumps. I think that there, 
my my sense is not only are we going to be learning new people every day, but there's going to be like more uh, information in terms of who was hiding what, when, and that's going to mm-hmm. start to unravel as this, as this cloud of people, this web gets mm-hmm. bigger and bigger, but because you just fundamentally, this is the one thing that Trump really can't control at all. This pandemic mm-hmm. and his, his health with this unknown, unknowable virus that is just, he, I, it's, it's baffling to me that he thinks he can like posture and lie his way into a better scenario, which by the way was reflected with Dr. Connolly being like, I didn't want to say anything that would steer the course of the virus. It's like, that's not scientific. What the fuck are you saying? What are you talking? I love all the comparisons to Dr. Uh, Leo Spichemin. (laughs) (laughs) Science is what we say it is. (laughs) It just, but it's, it's, this is the type of thing where I'm almost, I mean, I'm definitely not, not Zen about it, but I do feel like, Hey, I mean, we either will know what's, we are ultimately going to know what happened with Trump and coronavirus because there's only a couple of outcomes. Um, And if it's one of them, if it's the more, if it's the scarier, more regrettable one, he that is coming for him. It's, there's no way that, that he can... Which one's the scarier one? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, but yeah, if, if this is coming for him, and if, if he unfortunately succumbs to the virus, as so many, as 210,000 Americans have, mm-hmm. um, it's not something that he can just will away with uh, tweeting and coming back to the White House. And it's it's unfortunate that at every opportunity, because there have been many opportunities for him to be more circumspect mm-hmm. and more graceful. Like, I mean, Biden, they're taking, they took negative ads off the air. And like most, most people have been mm-hmm. very generous with him and saying they hope that they recover. They're sending yeah. best wishes. Like, that's 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 definitely been the tenor unless you were on twitter at 1am on thursday night um (laughs) but most of the blue checks were like wish you the best (laughs) yeah most of the blue checks were in check (laughs) uh but no it's it's it is disappointing to see that even because even boris johnson the leader Mm -hmm. of the uk the prime minister i mean when he was struck very ill with with covid he Mm -hmm. i think he named his his child most recent child after one of their providers um and he understands the importance of the nhs and he and healthcare, and it's just not controversial like it's it's it just it sucks that the conservative party here is like the most conservative conservatives globally like other conservatives recognize global warming and like healthcare. It's bonkers. It's like the radical left here is like moderate in yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. Like it's, it's bonkers. And it's just like, yeah, the viruses don't know about your hubris. It's like, granted, he did, because of who he is, have access to care that other people don't. People get turned away from the emergency room from the hospital with uh, extreme symptoms of COVID, um, and they get sent home and they die. Mm-hmm. Um and Trump was able to take his private helicopter to one of the best medical facilities in the country um, and receive the care that he dictated he wanted, you know, like, so 
on one end, you know, viruses don't give a shit about your ego or who you are. They're coming. But on the other end, it's like he has access to these things. And now he's out there saying, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have access to these things. And also, buddy, like you're not, from what I saw last night, like he's not out of this. And granted, I'm not his personal um, nurse. I, I have not seen him in person. I do not have access to his labs because Dr. Conley won't give them to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he's not, he's so far from out of the woods. He's not, he's barely into or not even into, depending on fucking timelines and what's actually true, like the worst of it yet. Um, yeah. And the steroids he's on give, give, a false sense of, of feeling strong and feeling good. Um, but he's not out of the woods yet. And it would just be such a, I I think part of my, some of my disbelief in all of this is it just feels like there's been, I do not, I top to bottom, I do not wish for this man to die, but I wish for him to go to jail, (laughs) honestly. Um, but I mean, it, it, regardless of what, of what happens, it's just the idea that like, wait, will all of these people who for so long have gotten, gone unscathed from their lies, from their deceit, from how, how much they've misrepresented this for going after their own interests, their own greed, Mm -hmm. are they actually going to face the consequences for this from something bigger than them? Mm -hmm. Like nature, (laughs) science, uh, viruses, like you can't, totally get away from this so there's this idea of like will this actually i don't know well i don't know it's (sighs) viruses don't care who you are and i'm just i don't think this is going to be a wake-up call for any of the individuals in this administration but um it it would be I, I I'm just trying to find the words here that aren't that don't come across a certain kind of way, but there is a certain kind of poetic justice to all of these people being infected, which I don't wish upon them because they come into contact with other people. I don't wish death upon any of them, but like mm-hmm. it's for people who have been just acting like they are above everything, above mm-hmm. the law, above science, above reason. And now we have this outbreak in the White House. Like there mm-hmm. is something that is like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> like yeah. you're not above this. And I think yeah. that's why I've been so glued to the to the news and the Twitter this weekend. It's just the idea of like, will can science and reason prevail in all of this? Right. Like put people aside and just, I don't know. Again, not wishing for anyone's death, truly. No, but... but We're dealing with a global pandemic and people that have been (laughs) going out of their way to not being responsible around it. So it's, it makes sense that people become ill with this illness when they're not taking the precautions. Right. It was a matter of time. I think I... (laughs) Like many things, I kind of got used to the landscape of irresponsibility that was happening at the White House and from all of his surrogates and fucking Florida and Georgia and Texas and like all these people just being just flouting any sort of public health recommendations. Um, And of course, there's no real leadership at the top on the federal level. So it's just like, we've all been living in this like horrendous void where wearing a mask is is like a political statement, even though it's just like courteous. And so suddenly it all has caught up with them right before the election. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a total cliche to say like, you couldn't write it like this, but you really, I mean, it's, 
it's a logical third act to this play that is this year. Um, I mean, I just, I think it is a, it is a tragedy of, of, of like enormous proportion that we don't even have a leader who admits to his own, who has any humanity at all. Um, No humanity, even, even when it would make him look better, even when there are these moments where he could, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm sure that if he, if he had any circumspect thoughts that he shared with the public now or any, even an apology that he could script or someone else would script for him and that he would actually say that could hand him the election. I mean, all he would need to do one time is like acknowledge that this disease is real and that, and apologize for his mishandling and the loud and, and express some empathy and, and some connect connection with all of the families of loved ones who've died. And it's just, and he's, he's not, and he won't. And I mean, he's just, he is so, he is so categorically bad and it's really hard to be living every day in this presidency. Um, you know, and I don't, I thankfully don't have it as bad as, as a lot of people I'm working remotely. And as we've, we've gone through our situations, but it's just like my heart and my head and everything that I thought I knew about this country is challenged every day. Um, and I'm just like hoping and praying to the gods of Beyonce and Lizzo that I the only true gods, the only true gods <laughs> that, uh, that, that we can pull ourselves back from the brink here. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll sign up for one of those. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot. It's in we're gonna look back on this period of time if we can look back because the world hasn't exploded and I just can't imagine what's coming in the next few weeks and months and what the takeaways will be and um it's insane. And the fact that the um Trump campaign was saying that Biden doesn't know as much about COVID as Trump because he hasn't had it. It's like, how the fuck are you spinning that? And then, you know, the Pence campaign coming after Harris for wanting to use plexiglass barriers during the debate. It's just like, are we still doing, it's just, yeah, like we got to stop with this messaging. But like, again, if this hasn't shown who Trump is, nothing will. And there's some people who will vote for him regardless, but if you're just thinking about not voting or you're undecided, please, for the love of God, for the the literal lives of people, like, yeah, please vote him out. And if you're not, I mean, if you're, if you were thinking about voting for Trump, but his performance in the debate made you second guess, or the fact that he actually has COVID, even though he said it wasn't a big deal and no one could get it virtually, no mm-hmm. one's affected, blah, blah, blah. And you just can't bring yourself to vote for a Democrat, then I, then you know what? To to these people, you can stay home. You just yeah. stay home. Yeah. If you were a Trump voter, if you, you want to vote for him again, but not really. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't vote for him. Just yeah. or do the thing that a lot of little little cowardly Republicans who I know and I won't name them, but I know you. Oh, I um, know. <laughs> you know, like people who write in John Kasich, and you know, it's a day. Mm. You know. It's like, yeah, find you that and 
I guess, vote in your local elections, even though you're probably not going to vote for people who do a lot more research on the issues (laughs) from all variety of sources, come to new conclusions that we like and then vote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And just a reminder, mail-in voting is not fraud. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, we know, mm. we're on zoom so we get to see each other's faces we do we <laughs> just, do i'm just like red in the face from this i've been so yeah. so frustrated it's like i understand what's going on medically and scientifically and it's not what's happening it's so frustrating and he's such a fucking liar i know i know and there are so many real doctors on twitter trying to kind yeah. of be informative <laughs> yeah like actual you know and it's like, well, you're not his doctor, but there are certain things you can, and I'm not a doctor at all. So like, fuck me, but it's, oh. like, but, there <laughs> me are things, but there are things you can like look at and recognize and see, and there's information that you know you should or shouldn't have. It's not about whether you've examined him or not, mm-hmm. unless you're speaking to his specific values and levels. It's about understanding what information we should have and what we're seeing when we look at him. Like that's, any medical professional can look at him and tell you that like it's or any fucking person probably realistically yeah <sighs> but god damn well wishes for Stephen miller i guess <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> uh, is there anything else from uh this cluster that you want to touch on before we hop on over? i don't think so i mean i'm sure there are plenty more rants i could go off on but i'm going to save everyone from that <laughs> i know i feel similarly i see things like there are bullet points that are just you know for instance like they're not bothering to contact trace from right and dr conley is supposed to be in charge of contact tracing and he said he doesn't know anything about it oh dr c dr dr c, c you fucking Dr. D-Bag. I can't with him. You know who he kind of, I feel like he reminds me of, even though I don't even, anyway, that guy that was in like senior year St. Mark's, who was that? Like he called himself doctor, but he hadn't even, wasn't even in med school. Mark, oh, I'm not going to say his full name. <laughs> I almost said. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. early. Oh, yeah, he fucking wrote doctor and his last name on his fucking moving boxes when he was in med school. What a f- And he was such a dick and a weirdo. Oh, I yeah. hate that guy. Yeah, I don't know why, but that's uh, kind of who I think of. You, like, yeah. Just like, look at me. I have doctor coat. Look at me. I have doctor words. Ooh, doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> God, that fucking that fucking guy. Uh, Definitely hooked up with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, sad time, sad time. Uh, never Dr. Conley. I never never hooked up with Dr. Conley, so I have that. Funny side note, I You did? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that I know of. Met him on Hinge three years ago and <laughs> I don't know if he was on the dating circuit in New York between the you know between the, the two tw- of us probably. <laughs> high probability but um i was like looking at um spotify spotify has like time lapse or like time portal or something recently Uh um and 
it was, uh, yeah, really taking me back. Cause I don't know. There's definitely some songs that I don't, of course, listen to. Not, I guess not of course, of course, but like, I just, they've been out of my rotation for like mm-hmm. years for, you know, reasons. And, um, one of them was like from Adele, it was like <laughs> from her 19 album or something. And it was definitely one that I thought, Oh, you and I just like played, yeah, we would like play this and like weep. Um, uh, we wept together with frequency. I know, <laughs> I know. Eating egg and cheeses. <laughs> so many, so uh, many egg and cheeses. Which song? Um, God, which one? The people want to know. The people want to know. I'm actually opening the time portal to see if it's still in there. Time capsule, whatever. <laughs> Gosh. Um. And then a lot of it are like, yeah, yeah. And there was, of course, like stuff from her 21 album, which is more classic. But this one like was really, anyway, it's not there. uh, Was it the Make You Feel My Love cover or Chasing Pavements? I thought that was in, uh, it could have been Chasing Pavements. I thought that was in 21. I don't know. I'm going to have to find it and tell you. It just was like very futon, you know, St. Mark's. Mm -hmm reminiscent mm. yeah oh the futon yeah 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 beautiful memories <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> sticky sticky memories <laughs> anyway dr conley you brought us here okay you, you brought, brought us-, us to the futon <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well i'm sure there'll be more to say goodness knows what's gonna have happened when we connect next week on this. Honestly, I have no idea if Trump will even, if he'll be alive or not. <laughs> Truly. I mean, uh, yeah. Flabbergasted. 50, it's honestly 50-50 in my mind. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's so dark. I'm mm-hmm. still just, I really, really am eager to know about Bill Barr. I don't know why, but he's like the one I'm most interested in. I'm just going to keep using the word interested. I'm just um, interested. I'm just very interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's a, he's a real shithead. He's a real evil piece of shit. Yeah. yeah so anyway. Yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> right along from our interests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and now for we see you. All right. <laughs> Another white person has been caught pretending to be a woman of color. Ugh. At least the fourth white person in academia who has been found to be doing so in the past couple of fucking months. Oh. The other three were disgustingly attempting to help their careers by lying about their racial identities. And this guy was in it so he could harass actual women in science on the internet. This troll's name is Craig Chapman, and he teaches chemistry at the University of New Hampshire. He created an account on Twitter under the name The Science Femme, which I hate because I'm like, that's cute. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He claimed to be an immigrant woman of color who was raised in poverty. Um, He's actually none of those things. His Mm. uh, and his actual comments made him sound like a white guy named Craig with an axe to grind, which he is. Oh, under yeah, under the Science Femme identity, Chapman tweeted racist messages, even referred to a post from Amazon about about Black Lives Matter as cow towing to terrorism. Uh, Coming from a woman of color, of course. The account also described a female opponent in explicit anatomical terms, repeatedly railed against transgender people, and posted censored but still nude photos of Representative, former Representative Katie Hill. 
Mm. Chapman used his fake identity to respond to anyone disagreeing with him with, but I'm a woman of color and I'm saying this, you know, it was, there are screenshots still exist and you can see him saying, well, I'm a WOC, I'm a WOC, I'm a WOC in conversation with, you know, running the gamut of people, but he was trying to gain credence by using this fake identity. Mm. Um, and with this uh, fake identity, he claimed to have been, quote, successful in killing my department's woke statement on recent social unrest. Mm. And apparently, like, railing against some anti-racism things. And unsurprisingly, conservative publications like Red State wrote about this fake person just chomping at the bit to use a woman of color to defend racism, like all racists do. They find one clip of one person of color saying something that they like and they just run with it um and chapman was found out because despite having a phd he's an idiot and he Mm. tweeted about his brother's (laughs) brewery from both his fake account and his real account the same tweet wow about his brother's brewery um very smart guy there Uh, Mm, classic rookie mistake i know (laughs) the uh the science femme and chapman's personal account both have been deleted since then but since we live in the age of the internet screenshots still exist you're welcome to look into it um it's pretty pretty gross what he did yeah it's the ultimate entitlement when white people are out there experiencing none of the negativity of racism none of the lived experience but attempting to fake a race in order to earn some sort of clout white people i'm speaking to you i am one of you we cannot have everything that we want and you need to stop right now Mm mm-hmm we see you, Craig. Mm, Craig. The Craig. Femme. Just like, creating a, a woman of color scientist persona to attack women and women of color and people of color. Ooh. Really, that's such a bummer. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to start with the most explicitly awful one of my we sees because just get over with. Um, there was a really disturbing video that came out um, in Canada of hospital staff verbally abusing and taunting a dying indigenous woman um, who was experiencing the taunting and in her basically her last moments, um, she Facebook live streamed uh, the, the taunts and the abuse. Um, Joyce Ekakwan um, is a 37-year-old Indigenous woman, and she arrived in um, a hospital in Quebec City complaining of stomach pain. Um, she's a mother of seven. And she had told the staff that she'd uh, previously suffered uh, similar um, similar pains and had a heart condition. Um, and she began live streaming because she, her pain was escalating, and she was wailing and pleading for help and in the footage at like you can hear a nurse call her stupid as hell and say are you done acting stupid are you done um and then one another one says you made bad choices my dear what are your children going to think seeing you like this and then another part they say she's good at having sex more than anything else it's just it's a it's a really horrific video, and to know that she dies like not soon after that is so awful. It's not that I want anyone to like go watch this video, but uh, yeah, it's just it's horrific. I mean, I think it's it's kind of the type of thing that it's hard to really believe anyone 
let alone like specifically a healthcare providers would ever, ever do to someone in pain. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure what to say here. Um, I just accept that this should never happen and that marginalized groups shouldn't be so accustomed to such subpar and inhumane treatment and behavior that they know that they need to take out their phone and start live streaming in order to be believed and more dark, like on a darker note, to record for posterity because maybe they'll die from this mistreatment and so that at least their loved ones have a sense of what was going on and maybe they could be an example for a cap like a catalyst for change i mean oh i i'm i this incident makes me think of the philando castile um shooting where he let the officer know that he had a license to carry a gun when they were pulled over he was pulled over with his girlfriend and his daughter in the car and just from letting the cops know that he did just as an fyi have a gun they killed him they shot him point blank um and as he's bleeding out in the car, the cops aren't offering any help. And his girlfriend um, was live streaming so that, because just to know that this was, to record that this is happening, that this is real, that this experience like is real. Um, for doctors and for medical, for nurses, it's just like the Hippocratic Oath is supposed to be do no harm. And this woman was harassed and taunted in her last moments by medical providers that were being racist and sexist and just the uh, and and cruel. Um, and it's a lot for the heart and the head to bear. And I just want to amplify this. Um, I hope that there are steep consequences, like like significant fucking jail time for these people who mm-hmm. let a woman die on their watch while they fucking taunted her. It's disgusting to these nurses because I think they were both nurses. Um, we we see you. I mean, I, I know that there's an investigation that's been opened into this death and there's um, oh, <laughs> knocking my earbuds. Um, uh, the health board of Quebec said that they're not going to tolerate this type of racism and that will not tolerate that from our personnel. But it's really like I mean, I, I, from, you know, just the brief kind of looking into it that I did, I didn't see enough, I think, from the local health board. Like, that's mm-hmm. great that there's an investigation, but like, if this were, if this were on my watch, also like if I were the prime minister, I, I, I mean, I just, it's like, <laughs> I just imagine sometimes like what I would do if I were the person in power. And I feel like this type of a situation, I would be mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to this, like, outpatient clinic right now and I'm going to demand like I'm just going to stand there and start yelling at people until I get an answer like until I know it it, this is it's unacceptable the inhumanity it's anyway yeah we see you I had said we see you but ah! (laughs) that we see that like that story actually gets me like goosebumps and shit it makes me I uh, they they go again it makes me so 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 deeply upset it's like you take an oath you are vowed to uh, yeah you're supposed to take care of people and yeah no disgusting awful and also just like you can no matter what punishment they get which I agree they need jail time like that woman's last moments were mm, nope that's really awful yep yep mm-hmm. um 
All right, now, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Oh, just, just you wait. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Um, yeah, this barely graced the headlines with the insanity of this past week, uh, but an article from the, the New Yorker about Kimberly Guilfoyle, former Fox News host, current campaign finance chair, and rally screamer for Donald Trump, <laughs> uh, it dives deeper into the allegations of sexual harassment that led to Guilfoyle being ousted from Fox News. Uh, in 2018, when she was ousted, it was reported that she had been forced to leave her job at Fox after an HR investigation uh, revealed inappropriate behavior, but there were no specific allegations. Um, now we know, and it is fucked up. Uh, the New Yorker reported that a former assistant of Guilfoyle sent executives at Fox and a confidential 42-page draft complaint accusing Guilfoyle of repeated sexual harassment. The allegations are as follows, quote, um, the assistant was frequently required to work at Guilfoyle's New York apartment while Guilfoyle displayed herself naked, was shown photographs of the genitalia of men with whom Guilfoyle had had sexual relations. Guilfoyle spoke incessantly and lur luridly about her sex life and on one occasion demanded a massage of her bare thighs. Other times, the assistant said, Guilfoyle told her to submit to a Fox employee's demands for sexual favors, encouraged her to sleep with wealthy and powerful men, asked her to critique her naked body, demanded that she share a room with her on business trips, required her to sleep over at her apartment, and exposed herself to her, making her feel deeply uncomfortable. Oh my God. Yeah, I would feel deeply fucking uncomfortable too. Yeah. The uh, New Yorker was also able to independently confirm much of the former assistant's accusations, including the points about having to work at Guilfoyle's apartment while Guilfoyle was naked and the allegation that Guilfoyle often shared inappropriate photographs of male genitalia because both were apparently common practice for Kimberly. Um, <laughs> Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly, my God. <laughs> the uh, complaint also alleges that Guilfoyle offered her former assistant money in a cover-up attempt after Fox News hired a law firm to investigate sexual misconduct at the company under Roger Ailes. Guilfoyle was also a huge supporter of Ailes and spoke on his behalf and shocking shocking um, and according to this assistant as the investigation gained momentum uh, Guilfoyle warned her this assistant that she could cause damage if she said quote unquote the wrong thing regarding sexual harassment Guilfoyle told her in exchange for demonstrating loyalty she would work out a payment of up to a million dollars as well as other opportunities including an on-air reporting opportunity ew what the fuck when the assistant declined Guilfoyle warned that if she spoke honestly to the lawyers, aspects of the assistant's private life that Guilfoyle knew would be exposed. And apparently, um, associates of Guilfoyle's contacted the New Yorker reporter with personal details about the assistant, <laughs> likely in hopes of damaging her credibility and leading her not to publish the report. Whoa. Uh, yeah. In, so sexual harassment, hush money, abuse of power... It is no wonder Kimberly Guilfoyle fits in so well in the Trump administration. We see you. Like, this is... Oh, my God. Outlandish abuse. Wow. And just... I mean, did she give Trump COVID to, like, hide this from, like... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ew. This... God. This... Who's also, obviously... Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, not really surprising, but... Yeah, because she just is, is something off there. 
Now we know quite a few things are off, but like, yeah. wow. She's dating Donald, Don Trump Jr. And he's the one who said Trump was acting crazy. So, uh. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> Ew. You know, she like dominates him though. And I do enjoy that, but um, she's, a <laughs> she's a predator and should go to jail. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So justices Alito and Thomas are coming for marriage equality earlier than we all thought. So just as we're trying to like process and deal with this fight, I'll just add a little more fuel because yesterday was the first new, was the first day of the new SCOTUS term. Um, and justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, both soups conservative, um, basically issued an all out like attack on the court's 2015 landmark same-sex marriage decision um, when uh, when yesterday the court declined to hear a case brought by Kentucky former K- Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis. You might remember uh, Kim, Kimmy, uh, because she refused to issue marriage licenses for same-sex couples. Um, and she sort of, in 2014-2015, she was like playing a victim and claimed that you know, she shouldn't have to follow laws that went against her faith. Long, long sigh for Kim. Um, I was happy to kind of have forgotten about her for a while. But anyway, I'm glad that the Supreme Court isn't hearing her case. But in not hearing her case, this is when Clarence Thomas and Alito took the opportunity to just kind of rant. There's no other word for it. Um, Thomas said that the court's decision... Uh, in uh, this landmark marriage equality case, the court's decision, quote, enables courts and governments to brand religious adherents who believe that marriage is between one man and one woman as bigots, making their religious liberty concerns that much easier to dismiss. Look, uh, we've spoken at length about all that is on the line with Amy Coney Coney Barrett's impending nomination. The fact that if she is confirmed, she will tilt the court into a firm 6-3 conservative majority for a generation or more. Um, But I just want us to take a note right here and now about what Alito and Thomas are doing today before Amy Coney Barrett is even confirmed because they're emboldened by what they see as as an incoming fail-proof conservative majority and they're signaling a willingness an eagerness to overturn this landmark legislation of marriage equality as soon as they can. The consequences of rolling back marriage equality are unthinkable. I kind of tried to write a couple of different things here, and I just, unthinkable. I mean, nationally and on, on, on the world stage, like what that would signal to people about how much of a backslide we are in as a country. Um, it's really, really horrific. Um, and if you're a conservative, just like, think about what you've fucking done. <laughs> Just an FYI. Like, you know, if you know or love anyone that has benefited from marriage equality, like, I, I don't know what this type of a, of a rollback would actually do um, in terms of, like, legally what would happen, but it's absolutely disgusting. Um, so conservative, conservatism and the warping of... Um, the First Amendment's free speech religious clauses to take precedent above all things, human dignity, free speech, all sorts of other important freedoms that need to be on par with religious freedom. Um, 
I just, they're all at stake. And I, I think we really need to be prepared to correct the courts as soon as we have the chance because religious freedom is important, but as as has been said many times, your right to swing your arm ends where the other person's nose begins. We see you. We see you. Oh my God. Um, good old Anderson Cooper 360 aired a tape of Melania Trump secretly recorded by Stephanie Winston Wolkoff, former friend, senior advisor of the first lady, wrote a book about it and read all about it. Um, in the tape, which was recorded during uh, the summer of 2018, Melania complains about having to deal with the White House Christmas decorations. She's peeved about receiving criticism over uh, Donald's pol- policy of separating children from their parents at the border. Uh, Melania said, like, can I do a Melania? accent i don't think i can (laughs) you could try i was gonna try and i'm like i don't know if i should try Um, i'm (laughs) lania said i'm working my ass off on the christmas stuff that you know who gives a fuck about the christmas stuff and decorations but i need to do it okay and then i do it and i say i'm working on christmas and planning for the christmas planning for the christmas Mm. and they said oh what about the children that were separated give me a fucking break were they saying anything when obama did that i was trying to get the kid reunited with the mom i didn't have a chance to go through the process and through the law um quick interjection for her next quote there was no similar blanket policy under obama to systematically prosecute parents and forcibly remove children from them the only instances in which children were separated from their parents is when Uh, parents were shown to be a clear and present danger to their own children. Not the same. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know her base doesn't give a shit about kids at the border, but I don't know why Melania hasn't been charged with her attack on Christmas. You can (laughs) see the flack fucking Starbucks gets for happy holidays cups. Um, (laughs) And in a second recording, Melania doubles down on the bullshit and tries to defend the treatment of children at ICE detention centers, says that immigrant families lie about fleeing danger in their own home countries in order to gain entry into the United States. Um, The kids, they say, wow, well, I will have my own bed. I will sleep on the bed. I will have a cabinet for my clothes. It's so sad to hear it, but they didn't have that in their own countries. They sleep on the floor. They're taken care of nicely here, but you know, they're not with their parents. It's sad, but when they come here alone or with coyotes or illegally, you know, you need to do something. A lot of like moms and kids, they're teach how to do it. They go over and say like, oh, we will be killed by a gang member. We will be, you know, it's so dangerous. Melania (laughs) said, so they're allowed to stay here. Um, (laughs) How the fuck is ripping children from their parents, treating them nicely, not to mention the rampant physical, sexual, and emotional abuse that's been documented at these ICE detention centers for children and teens. Um, It's having a bed, which also all these places don't have like beds, but having a bed does not mean you're being treated nicely. Um, they don't have access to healthcare when they need it. They don't have access, of course, to their parents. It's hard for them to get access to phones. And again, they're abused at high numbers. Um, Melania is not an innocent victim of Donald Trump. That narrative needs to die. She is selfless, selfish, heartless, and complicit. We know Melania doesn't really care, but if you do, vote for Biden, please. We see you, Melania fucking Trump. Ugh, we see you. So ridiculous. I really wish that that news had come out of it not on the same night as uh, Trump's COVID. I know, I just... 
It, there was like, like one hour of like news on that. It's like, I'm working on the Christmas and planning for the Christmas. <laughs> and like, oh, what about the children? <laughs> that's, nice. like, yeah. that's great. Thanks. Yeah, that's Christmas. why I didn't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I truly can't imagine like if Michelle Obama had said anything like that, oh. it would be wall-to-wall coverage on Fox Oh, my News. God. If Michelle Ugh. Obama was like, who gives a fuck about Christmas? <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't. Can you imagine? Bill oh. O'Reilly would have written a whole book on it. <laughs> there'd be a trilogy by now. Oh, my God. Ugh. Well, <laughs> Final We See You is, um, you know, for all the crowing that uh, Republicans do all the time about voter fraud and, you know, just all of all of that, we have to hear relentlessly about it from them. Um, it turns out that two Republican operatives, two relatively famous uh kind of personalities who are constantly peddling conspiracy theories are now facing felony charges in Michigan for allegedly intimidating voters with inaccurate robocalls that discouraged residents in urban areas from casting their ballots by mail. Um, It's Jacob Wool and Jack Berman, and um, they were each charged with four felonies of intimidating voters, conspiring to violate election law, and using a computer to commit a crime. Um, And... Um, and hang on a second, I just lost my little notes. Um, yeah, one count of election law fraud, um, intimidating voters, which is a five-year felony, conspiracy to commit an election law violation, um, using a computer to commit the kind of crime of election law. Didn't know that was a different one, but that's funny. Um, and yeah, so they're facing felony charges of voter intimidation that, um, could, uh, they could be facing up to 12 years in prison, um, possibly longer if the sentences are have to be served like one after the other. Um, and I just wanted to draw attention to this because it's, it's again, kind of has fallen by the wayside, especially in an extra crazy um, news ecosystem. Um, but we heard a lot about the ballot harvesting from Ilan Omar and like that was all turned out to be um, kind of like a crock of shit that was manipulated by um, what was it? Project Veritas. Um, and we should take, um, we should take any ballot election fraud seriously, but the, the intimidation is coming from the right. It's coming from people like Jacob Wool and Jack Berman. I'm glad that they're getting, they're getting formally charged by the DA in, in Michigan. Um, there's intimidation that is now formalized by Trump and his campaign with Trump's army, like sign up to be a poll watcher, he says. Um, and these like little paramilitaries that are like threatening people like what happened in Virginia where there's just like a bunch of Trump people with their guns and their um, signs that are harassing people who are trying to cast an early vote. Um, Laws have been weakened in a lot of places um, in terms of what's actually okay um, to like acceptable behavior in terms of poll watching. And um, so I think we all just need to be really vigilant, uh, make sure you know your rights, you know what's what's permitted. And, it, and you can be a poll watcher, but, you know, everyone have your phones out because, like, I, there are uh, 
I think a lot of, there's a lot of Trump sanctioned intimidation happening. And then there's a lot of right wing disinformation campaigns. And, um, I think one of my WCs last week was about this, the widespread, um, voter, it was like voter suppression is done by voter depression and by depressing votes, especially in urban areas where you basically just make people feel confused and hopeless and like their vote isn't going to count no matter what. Um, and in 2016, there was the voter, um, there was a voter suppression effort by Trump's campaign for specifically, um, targeting 3 million black people in different urban areas that were important, including Detroit. Um, and that proved to be incredibly important. So it's just, uh, this is crucial that we, uh, call these fucking people out and remain, I think like beholden to the actual facts in terms of who is actually, trying to suppress the vote, who is trying to depress the vote, who is spreading misinformation and um, seeking to mislead voters and how how incredibly anti-democratic that is. So I hope these guys get some prison time for what they're doing. Um, you know, it's bullshit. And uh, we see you. You are seen. Um, Me. 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 <laughs> and then you had, you had a good thing. Yeah, what was it? <laughs> oh, uh, Proud Boys. Um, but yeah. stay with me. <laughs> yes, stay um, with, stay with me. Here. <laughs> yeah. One star. <laughs> um, over the weekend, um, gay men have been taking over um, the hashtag Proud Boys and um, just being beautifully loud and proud um, and in love and... Um, you know, just posting pictures of themselves with their partners or just enjoy, uh, enjoying their lives. And it's the hash and using, use the hashtag proud boys. And that's really drowned out a lot of the toxic, um, the toxic noise on Twitter at least mm-hmm. specifically. And it was really pissing off the, uh, hate group, the proud boys. Cause Ooh, they use hash that hashtag to organize as do a lot of people. So it was really nice. It's just nice to see that hashtag just completely dominated by, mm-hmm. um, uh, by gay men and having them take that back. Good for them. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. It was like a double blessing because not only was that the other shit kind of removed from the feed, then we get mm-hmm. all these lovely, wonderful photos. And I think George Takei, Takei um, I don't know if he instigated it or if he just like played a part in the beginning, but oh, it was excellent. always love him. And yeah, it was just, it's always nice to see that. And of course the, the shitty proud boys are against the great proud boys. So it's always, always a joy to see people living their authentic selves proudly and having that love overwhelm the hate on Twitter. is always, yeah. always great. So yeah. Can we just like keep that hashtag going for like literal eternity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Just fully drown out the um, racist, misogynistic, homophobic shit of the other Brad boys. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be so good. That'd be so good. So, yeah. Everyone post a bunch, post all your pictures and post them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll tune in next week and we'll tune in. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll be here. here. We'll be here. You'll be discussing. Yeah. God, goodness knows. The debate. 
it will seem like history by the time it actually happens. By the time we record, it's gonna be her story because uh, Kapla's gonna knock it out of the park. Mama la, <laughs> mama la, love her. I know. Can't wait for more Maya Rudolph impressions. Yes, yes, yes everyone. Yes. Well, enjoy yourselves, and um, we'll Try see not where to the be too anxious. Yeah. <laughs> Wear your masks out in public. Uh, you should be a little afraid of COVID. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, live responsibly. Mm.